This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Tactical Breakdown Show. The first of 2024 with a brand new transfer window open. It took a little bit of time, just over a week, for Arsenal to get legitimately, truly linked with a player that I felt the need to come out and do one of these breakdown shows like we do every single window. And we're here to talk about Amadou Anana, statistically, analytically, and of course, with the help of some expert insight. And for our first show on our Tactical Breakdown, Breakdown series in 2024. I'm very happy to be joined by Witch uh, from the County Road Bobblers, um, of course, an Everton-based podcast. And he's going to talk to you a little bit more in a second about what that is. But Witch, how are you doing, mate? How are you doing? Good to uh, to speak to you. Obviously, probably on better terms when it's not one of our our best players being linked to a move away. But uh, yeah, no good uh, start of the year as always for us Evertonians with uh, some bad news. <laughs> Hopefully, it's uh, not. Indeed, yeah, <laughs> I wish I say I wish it was on better terms because from an Arsenal perspective, I think it would be a, a really interesting move. I'm sure we'll come on to that. But before we do, just just give the listeners a little bit of a background into to who you are and what the County Road Bobblers are. Yeah, so uh, I'm obviously uh, chairman of of a supporter group. Uh, uh, obviously, we've got twenty odd members in in, in the um, Everton community as such. You, you follow Everton, go to the Everton games. Um, we started our, our kind of supporter group. We we, we done an anti racism campaign a few years back um, when we signed Moise Keane. Got quite a lot of traction, um, a lot of fundraising around anti racism, and then we kind of moved on from there to podcasts. <clears throat> so had a lot of people asking, you know, how did the day go? What happened and all that kind of stuff in between. We were working with, um, you know, uh, show racing the red cards and, and kicking out as well. Um, so yeah, since then we've done podcasts and and, and I think it's a way of, as you know, mate, a bit of therapy and blow off some steam and talk about the thing that we all know and love uh, and sometimes hate. <laughs> Absolutely, that's great to hear about the anti-racism stuff. We do a lot of awareness. The listeners will attest to the fact that we do a lot of awareness around that, and and specifically kind of on anti-racism, homophobia, sexism as well within the women's game too. How have you found that process? Interestingly enough, has it been well received? Yeah, honestly, I, like I say, it was a few years back now, um, but 
it was fantastic. You know, Moyes obviously was a victim of racism and in Italy. Now I know his tenure didn't work out too well at Everton. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I think it was important. You know, Moyes came was moving to a different country, different culture, um, you know, and he was quite badly treated, really, at his time in Italy when he was racially abused. You know, he didn't really get a lot of support. So I thought it was really important for us as a, a fan base, really, to, to welcome Moyes to the football club, to England and, and to Liverpool. Um, really to say, look, we're you know we'll stand with you against racism. You know, if this ever happens again, then you'd have the, the whole fan base shoulder to shoulder. Um, you know, and I think it was quite an important message at the, the, the time. It was really well received. We received donations from from fan bases right across the country, raised thousands of pounds. International fans got involved. You know, and then CNN were, were certainly talking about it on their networks at the time. Uh, you know, and kick out were really pleased because it was a kind of fan-led movement from the terrace. Um, you know, and and obviously resulted in really important message, which, as you say, you know, all forms of hate and discrimination just aren't welcome. You know, the football's for everyone. Um, you know, which always has been and it always will be. You know, and it's up to us fans, I think, to stand shoulder to shoulder, no matter what team you support. You know, and we can send that message from the terrace. You know, at each and every game that you know that we should behave in the right way, and and everyone's welcome at a game of football. Love it. Um, yeah, certainly attesting to what we've we've done as much as we can here from an Arsenal side of things with that. And so it's great to see it happening across uh, the Premier League. Um, let's switch focus and focus in on today's topic, which is, of course, the delightful news. I'm sure you're you're glad to hear that Amadou Anana has been linked to the move away. I say that, of course, in jest because he has been, as we spoke on the phone earlier on, one of the, your most key players since his arrival just before we go into kind of what the, the latest is with it what was your initial reaction to to hearing him linked with the move to arsenal a, a bit of mixed reactions really um to say i'd be surprised um i i'd be telling fibs if that was the case because i think if we rewind the last couple of years you know i think we lost richardson at the end of uh, the accounting period a couple of years ago we lost anthony gordon to newcastle at the end of january last year um all of which really went towards balancing the books um, with obviously our much maligned profit and sustainability, which is a big issue for us Evertonians at the moment. Um, you know, we're really not happy about that, as, as can be seen with the, you know, not not the, the breach as such, but the severity of the punishment received. So I think there is a, a bigger picture at Everton at the moment. We are obviously financially struggling a bit. Um, and when I say we're financially struggling, we've got, you know, we're, we're struggling to keep in with the, the rules that are set by the Premier League, which, you know, I, I still say aren't, aren't correct and, and should be changed. Um, but, I, 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 you know, I think there's a bigger picture of Amadou and Arna. Obviously, we bought some from uh, Lille for £35 million. Pounds. Now, because of the current predicament we are in financially, we had to spread that over a five-year period. Uh, and as you know, you know, I know Arsenal have structured quite a few deals over the last few years, you know, in, in a similar fashion, certainly, you know, some of the, I think Pepe, you brought in a similar kind of deal, didn't you, at the time? Uh, so you've kind of got to tiptoe around this, you know, and I think we've only paid a small amount of Anana's fee at the moment. Obviously, there's a 20% sell-on fee, whether that's actually on, on the, the total value of the transfer or the profits. Of the, uh, you know, is, is, it depends who you listen to. There's two sides of that story of, of people saying different things. So there's not a huge financial benefit, to be honest with you, Everton uh, selling Amadou and Arna, um, which which lends me to a bit of scepticism uh, in relation to it. But yeah, I, honestly, I, I would be gutted because he is a key player. You know, I think last season he was a lot more inconsistent. He's picked up consistency this year as he, you know, he's played more and more football. Um, you know, so I think a lot of Evertonians would be gutted to see Amadou and Arna leave Everton if that was the case. 
Um, he's a player that was linked to Arsenal as well when he was at Lille. Um, I remember covering the story at the time because um, I'm good friends with, with Sasha Tavalieri who um, broke the story today. Uh, and then, of course, PJ Colquhoun uh, as well from Newsblad News in, in Belgium as well, adding more detail to the story around the, the reported price tag of around 50 to 60 million euros um, that they would want for the player. It's, I've certainly been able to verify that it would be around 50 million pounds that, that Arsenal would at least really would be looking at, which we'll come on to kind of the finances from Arsenal side of things in, in a little bit, but it seems a real stretch for Arsenal to be able to do that during this window with our own concerns about profit and sustainability, which has certainly hit Everton, as you, as you say. From your side of things with, with Everton, and I know you've been doing a little bit of, of calling around this afternoon, what have you been able to glean from the Everton side of things? I think, you know, for the, for the listeners, I think it was very similar to, to what we discussed earlier, uh, which was basically that, you know, that, you know, that certainly there's, there's an interest from Arsenal. You know, Arsenal were, were certainly interested last summer as well. So it sounds as though if you're saying, you know, that interest has been a bit more long-standing, that it's never really gone away. I think we all know in football uh, as fans that, that you know, that the teams have got a big list of players, you know, in every single position and they kind of monitor them and they're always looking at these players. So once you kind of hit you know certain metrics you know i'm sure that teams are forever kind of reviewing them targets and seeing what can be done um so it, it comes as no surprise uh, but i think from everton's side um that i think the kind of feeling is it's very unlikely um that at the moment if, if there's any uh, discussions that it's more between amadou inana his agency and through arsenal football club and and you know everton certainly aren't involved in that process um or, or or certainly it's not anywhere anywhere near advanced uh you know was maybe reported earlier on so it very early stages uh, and certainly not a lot of traction and i think that just does come down to the fact that it really would be a financial stretch for us um so people are expecting possibly the summer after the euros for, for an honor to leave you know it would suit everton to have that that bigger period of time um but yeah, no, the, the kind of feeling is that it's very early days and, and, and they don't see this as a, at this moment as a feasible uh, chance for it to go through in January. That's not going to stop us talking about the player uh, and his, of course, his, his potential because there is that that small chance this could develop into something more realistic well, and we want to be prepared Tom, for that. Um, Tom, I, I yes, would mate. say that the, the heavy caveat to that is I would never say never, you know, and as I mentioned yeah. before, you know, we've, we've had players leave that we didn't expect to leave in Anthony Gordon and Charleston. But I was stood at, in Goodison with Frank Lampard um, talking about uh, various stuff about our atmosphere group that we, that we were involved with at the time. You know, and he, he was, you know, certainly not wanting to lose Richardson and Richardson obviously ended up leaving to your your rivals. Um, so I would never say never. You know, I think Everton are in a precarious position financially. Um, so when I say at this stage, you know, things can change quite quickly, as we all know. You know, so I wouldn't rule it out if the fee's right. You know, the, I certainly think that it's not, not you know, it, it'd be wrong to rule out from an Everton point of view. Yeah, absolutely. You're right to say that indeed. And it's... I think sometimes reports get held to account without thinking about the date and time that they were actually published because in the transfer in the particular, things change so fast and so dramatically. Like An inquiry can be reported and, and then never touched again. Uh, and yet in the reality, what we've heard is that Arsenal are interested or an approach has been made, et cetera, et cetera. And in reality, that was just one you know, message, I can tell people for a fact that clubs do a lot of their transfer business on something we all use every day, which is WhatsApp. So much happens on WhatsApp regarding transfers. And it is amazing how 
how basic it can be sometimes um we think of these being kind of like back in the day being officially faxed forms and stuff like this it's it's really not today it's there's a lot of inquiries going on there's a lot of kind of feelers being put out in deals and so, stuff kind of creeps through the cracks sometimes and, and that gets reported as has happened with anana and, and and stuff today but the player himself as you alluded to already is a player that you would all, I assume, be very gutted to lose. What is it that he's really brought to Everton that has made him such a key part of, of this Sean Dyche side? Well, I think when we bought him, um, obviously, I think it was an, originally through Anthony Barry, obviously, um, you know, the Chelsea links and, and Frank Lampard. Um, you know, I think he spoke to Frank Lampard at the time. Lampard was looking to bring leadership to the football club. You know, I think he brought Conor Cozy in, Amadou Inanna, James Tarkowski, you know, kind of big physical Local leaders, uh, obviously Amadou Anana is is very different to them two players because you know he's he's early on in his career, but he's already been. This is his third country uh, playing football, so he's he's played already. He's got quite a lot of experience for a young lad. He's a full international, uh, and Anthony Barry had really kind of flagged him to, to Lampard to say, look, this lad's a kind of player. I think you know if you're looking for leadership as a, a player, you need to look at. You know he's got the, the kinds of full hit that you would expect for a centre mid. You know and I think you know there was a story when he first came to Everton um, that he was he was commanding in that training session. He was shouting, and you could see a bit of a clip of him, you know, ordering people to make it faster, play faster. And and this is a you know a young lad at the time, you know, 20, 20, 21, coming to a new new country, new football club around, you know, quite you know, Conor Cody, James Tarkowski, Pickford's quite vocal, coming in and, and really commanding a place already in that session in his first session. So you could see. All these things that people had discussed. I know Roberto Martinez uh, was a big fan, saying you know of his, his ability to pass the ball, dictate, bring the ball out of the, the back four. Um, so he, he he's a bit of a, a one-off uh, Amadou. Um, he's got a bit of everything. Um, you know, there's quite often this discussion nowadays. We used to call them defensive centre mids and attacking centre mids, and how it goes between you know the double pivots, the six, the eight, the tens, and everything in between. But I'm doing honours, uh, one of these football players that, that I've seen that can pretty much play in any of them positions. He's a bit of a hybrid player. You know, he's very comfortable in possession. He can take the ball on, on the turn. He can almost flip into gear quite quickly, you know, and bypass two or three players, um, you know, when he gets into a stride. Very good passer. You know, he's he's a progressive passer of the football. Um, I think, if you, you know, very recently he was he was second in, in, in the whole of Europe in terms of, you know, duels. Uh, actually successful duels and also aerial duels as well. So, you know, he's, he's a kind of player that that, that that has a bit of, I think, I think the frustration under Frank Lampard. Um, I remember being at the training complex and, and we kind of all rolled as a fan representative and they were talking about, uh, we talk, we got the, the pleasure again talking to Frank and, and he'd just come out of the office with, uh, with Amadou and he'd said that he'd been working on him being more of a presence in the opposition box because obviously, big, you know, six foot four, six foot five, very good in the air. defensively. He was trying to, you know, bring that out of him in the opposition box, as you can imagine, you know, that you, you'd be looking to do with that player. Um, still only got two goals for Everton. So I think, you know, there's still plenty that, that Amadou can do. You know, I think some of them stats sometimes people look at and they think, oh, yeah, he's only got two goals, not really got any assists. But it, it, there's more to him, you know, this progressive passing. Uh, and what we've seen under Sean Dyche actually is that, that Lampard kept using them in different positions. Um, Sean Dyke seems to have settled him down. He's given a very clear role in the team. He's been much more defined in, in the ask of, of, of Anana. And, and he's been excellent. We've seen that consistency in him. You know, I think too often last season, we've seen a six out of ten or an eight and a half. 
and we were never really seeing anything in between. I think he's, you know, he's been there or there around seven, seven and a half most games, um, you know, and I think his stats back it up, you know, he's, he's obviously got the date in front of you. But, you know, certainly from, from looking on from the eye, he's dictating games, he's constantly leading that middle of the park, you know, and it, it's a, it, it's something that Everton just haven't had for a long, long time, you know, and at 22 years of age, you can see why why I'm doing on had you know, his ceiling is so, so high. And you can imagine if he goes into a better side around better players, you know, and he can actually be a bit more, um, obviously, you know, he's quite structured under Deitch what he's doing in the ask of him, but, you know, if he's given a bit more freedom, Around it, you know, in, in a more possession-based t- side, you can just see how he go up a, a level again. Yeah, without a doubt, that that is, I think, the the key thing is Arteta in particular loves players of a young age that have already got loads of experience. And you touched on that with the amount of countries he's already played. And you think about Odegaard, of course, club captain already. You know, before the age of twenty-five. And he's played in Spain, he's played in you know, um, the Netherlands, he's played now in England, of course, and he, he likes these well-travelled players despite their young age. You, you picked up on it on a few of the, the characteristics as well. You mentioned his threat in the air. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That shows up in the stats in the 95th percentile of players in the top five leagues with 2.47 aerial jewels per 91, um, which is a really, really good thing. I think Arsenal have lacked sometimes, uh, you know, not aerial threat, because we are a bigger team now than we were. And I think maybe that follows the trend that Arteta has wanted from players. He wants more physicality. He wants more presence. He's wanted Arsenal to be a tougher side to compete against. And Anana, I think, would certainly add to that defensively those tackles in the 75th percentile interceptions in the 64th and I did a piece earlier on today on football.london looking at how he compares to Declan Rice and you know he actually comes out higher in terms of tackles per 90 than Rice does he doesn't in in other areas like blocks clearances interceptions but in my opinion you're talking about arguably the best defensive midfield in the league alongside Rodri and Declan Rice so to expect him to outscore Rice in most of those stats is, is, is a big ask at 22. I'm curious what you make about where he would fit into that Arsenal three because Rice obviously has been playing at the base of a midfield three for the majority of this season. Against Liverpool, we saw Arsenal throw Jorginho into the deeper six row and Rice move slightly further forward with Erdegaard obviously at the the, the the peak of that midfield three. But it's, it's not necessarily decided where Arteta wants to structure that three. I think the future of Rice is not in the six. I think it is slightly further forward of the six. I think he can progress the ball really well. But do you think that Anana comes in to play the deepest midfield position, or do you think it would still be Rice in the deeper role? I, I do actually. Um, we had a bit of a, a conundrum about where to play Anana because obviously just kind of guy is, is exceptional in that kind of breaker yeah. role in the six. Um, you know, but he, he does 
go up the pitch chasing the ball a bit. Um, obviously had James Garner come in, likes to get on the ball, um, more of a deep line playmaker, but you know he can again move forward with the ball. And we almost had three players. Then I think Lampard spent a lot of time playing all three, um, and we you know just didn't really ever work. I think uh, where Dyke just got the best of them, he's played him deeper. Um, so he's played him almost as a six. Uh, you know, and he, he's had James uh, Garner next to him, both very comfortable on the ball, you know, able to kind of, um, one goes forward, one sits back and all that stuff in between. But I'm going to do a nine, I think in a very good side would be an excellent number six. You know, he's a very intelligent footballer. There was a, there was a clip going back to the, uh, the derby against Liverpool where Liverpool took us on the break. Um, and I think, as we all know, Liverpool can attack quite quickly on the break. You know, with Salah and, and I think in between, and Amadou and Ireland's on a 60 yard, 60 yard sprint, kept up with Liverpool's forward line, ends up making an unbelievable world class save and tackle. There was such thing as tackle of the season. I think it'd be right up there as one of the best tackles I've certainly seen watching Everton over the years. So I think that without a doubt, um, you know, he could play that sixth role, you know, and I think, you know, he's very comfortable in possession. Um, you know, and certainly when I've watched Arsenal recently, you know that your fullbacks are starting to get a lot more involved in midfield. You know, Tommy Asu may be coming centrally. I think that Amadou Inanna could prevent that. You know, I think you'd be able to have a bit more whiff. You know, if you had Amadou Inanna and Declan Rice in that that midfield position, I think you know Rice could explore the field further up and, and be comfortable that, that Inanna can can take up that flak because he can get around the pitch. There's no doubt about it. You know, he can get around the pitch at, at pace. Um, so yeah, no, I think it, it just gives you more options, and I think you'd see a better Declan Rice next to him. Yeah, I, I, the pace is really interesting because I think Arsenal have lacked urgency and a bit of speed throughout their team. I really want Arsenal. I know a lot of people want a striker at Arsenal. I, for one, think that whilst that's important, I think that adding another fast winger is really important for Arsenal as well because they've lacked a bit of speed in those areas when they've brought off either of Saka or, or Martinelli, they've, they've lacked that. So having a, a quicker central figure in the team, is he urgent with his passing? Does he take time on the ball or does he, is he quick in transition? Very quick, yeah. yeah. And you, you kind of see this when he plays some of the, should I say, some of the, the kind of Champions League sides. You know, certainly when he was playing Liverpool, he was constantly coming in, getting the ball, moving it straight away. You know, constantly looking to kind of turn and move it forwards. Um, so he is. He's, he's very quick in possession. He's not lethargical at all. Um, you know, he's one of these. He, he, he can receive the ball because of his gait. Really, you know, he's that big. He can receive the ball in any position, even when there's a player right behind him. You know, and he's quite happy to give it, move, and just keep moving into space. So, you know, you do see him uh, as, a, as a very good fit for someone who wants to play possession-based football. Um, you know, and, and quite often, you know, you get these players who who are either a deep line playmaker but can't tackle or the players that can tackle but the poor in possession. I think he's a bit of a hybrid in between where you know he's very good defensively, but he's a very good passer of the football as well. We're going to open the floor up um, for a few minutes to the chat box. So if you've got questions uh, for which, please make sure that you do start to throw them in um, just before we do get to those questions. The, the price tag is being talked about about £50 million um, is, is kind of what's being, I think, testing the waters in terms of the uh, what, what what's come out so far is that what you would expect is he worth more than that I know contextually you can say like well to us he's priceless in some sense because we're in a battle we really need him so you can't really put a price on that but if you were trying to judge in this market what he's worth is that a fair assessment I think from Everton's point of view, certainly the feeling that I've got, you know, of other Evertonians today that have been talking about it as well, like so our Toffee TV um, channel that we've got. Um, I was listening to the lads before on that as well. And 
I think the feeling is, you know, you look at Calcedo that's gone to um, Chelsea for 100 million. Um, you know, you look at Paulinho from um, Fulham, they're asking 90 million to 100 million. Lavia, similar again, you know, 65, 70 million. So I think the feeling from Everton is that, you know, that we, we always expected that that we were starting to try and adopt a more sensible model uh, where we bring a player in and try and double our money and, and, and do the same again, you know, repeat, 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 you know, and, and that's how you can move forward financially and get out the bit of a hole that we've been in. But I think the feeling is because of the, the market value of, of defensive central midfielders. You know, I think that, that I think people tend to think, fellow Evertonians, that 50 million would be very low for him. And simply because of the sell-on fee that we'd have, the money that we still owe to Lille, I think to make it financially, um, but you know, financially viable for Everton, I think that the kind of feeling of 70 million plus would be more of a an expectation. And, and quite a lot of Evertonians, I feel, from what I've read, would be very disappointed if he was to leave Everton for, for 50 million, which is not much of a profit from what we've paid originally for him. What you're saying is Chelsea have screwed the market, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think Chelsea starts a bit of an arms race, didn't they? You know, we Indeed, see this yeah. all the time, don't we? You know, and, and the market gets skewed. We've seen it with Van Dijk at Liverpool, and then you know United kind of get railroaded into paying eighty-five million for Harry Maguire. Um, you know, and, and we do see, these kinds of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we see these kinds of things all the time, and I think at this present time, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of. Amadou and is out there. You know, people forget how young he is with the with the kind of ceiling that he's got. So yeah, I think the general feel for it to, to be worthwhile for Everton, and this is me as a fan. You know, Everton. You know, and, and we don't know what's going on with the ownership at the moment. We, you know, we're, we're more likely to find out because obviously Everton are under this ownership change at the moment, going through Premier League authority uh, approval at the moment. So we're, we're not too sure, but we're told that that could be ratified within the week. Um, it's obviously been rumbling on for some months now. So we just don't know what the owners are thinking. Um, you know, they've got a multi-club uh, ownership model. If it is 7-7 and they're ratified and, and they're agreed. So, yeah, from an Everton fan perspective, I think that, you know, that we certainly believe that his market value is 70, 80, 80 million plus. But, you know, that that's us as fans. You know, people might look at that at the football club differently. But I think what the club needs to realise that they, they would they would be in, under a bit of a backlash from Evertonians if you used to walk out the door for £50 million. Pounds. And I've seen the suggestion, you know, obviously with Arsenal's own profit and sustainability, there's suggestions of Arsenal needing to be a bit clever in how they might do a potential deal which could involve a loan with an obligation, of which case I think that would send Everton fans into the stratosphere with, with annoyance if that was the case. So, Again, if this does happen, which at this, at this moment in time, as which said earlier on, it is extremely early stages, if anything, beyond, you know, just exploration of, of a potential deal in an inquiry, we'll obviously cross that bridge when it comes. Um, I'm conscious of the time, so we'll, we'll do quick fire if we can through these. Uh, King says, uh, can Anana play in a ball possession side with his limitations on the ball or is he best suited in a counter-attacking team? As mentioned before, I think uh, Anana would be excellent in a, in a possession-based side. He, you know, he's he's certainly playing a very specific role under Sean Dyche at the moment. Uh, but he plays for Belgium. You know, Belgium are a possession-based football side. You know, he's he's captain Belgium. At, you know, in his early twenties. Um, you know, so like I say, he's a bit of a hybrid player. And I think he'd be quite comfortable in a in a possession-based side. Uh, it's one for both of us. Uh, Temi says, why are we signing a midfielder when, uh, Tom, you've said that we are not converting our chances, which means that we need a forward. So I'll get the outside perspective. Are you surprised to see Arsenal go for a midfielder considering Arsenal's key issue has been goal scoring this season? I think I literally put a tweet up yesterday saying, 
Arsenal are crying out for a number nine. Um, you know, I don't think it's any secret. You know, I think everyone outside looking in can see that Arsenal are an excellent yeah. football by the creating, you know, some good quality chances. But, you know, I suppose it's even more frustrating for you guys watching the game when you, you're seeing it and it, you're just not putting the ball in the net. So, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, incredibly surprised. But then again, you know, who you're looking at there, you know, £100 million Ivan Tony. 60 million Solanke, the market value is, is, is probably increasing all the time. Um, so it's it's a bit of a tough one, I suppose, isn't it? And that is the that is the right answer to the question. It's the and it's worth pointing out that just because there is an interest in a story about a midfielder, it does not mean that there aren't key interests in centre forwards that Arsenal yeah. want. This is just us talking about one player at the moment. But as which says there, you know, the players that Arsenal would like aren't a available in January. B if they were the price tag is it's just not going to work for them. Like Tony, they would you know they are they like him, they're interested in him, but a hundred million is not going to happen. Ozimen is the other player as well. That's a hundred million plus release clause, not going to happen in this window. He's only just signed a new deal as well. So as I wrote earlier, if you can't get a striker in this window, don't waste the window. Try and go and reinforce in other areas of need if you can. So yes, I get it's backwards for some people to try and get that we, you know, we need goals and yet we're not going for a striker. I'd rather Arsenal still utilize the window to the best of their they possibly can and target players that are still going to strengthen them in areas of need. And the midfield is an area of need. You know, we are in need of of refreshing with a younger option because Jorginho, Partey, El Nenny are all thirty plus and, and likely leaving in the very short term. So that is an area that Arsenal will still want to strengthen in. And, Anana, I think, would would fit what Arteta and Arsenal have been trying to do as well. Um, let's go to a couple more, if we can. <laughs> the Padican says, what do you think about the rumours of Nicholas Bentner having a stadium statue reveal? I don't think that's true. For some reason, something's telling me that might not be accurate. Um, and uh, let's go to Drunks R Us, who says, if we did get Anana, how much would we get for Parta? I mean, what do you make of, like, the... The midfielder Arsenal with Rice. I know I got you to touch upon the fact that about where they might play, but Arsenal have been playing mainly with two eights. So, do you think it's time Arsenal go back to the the double sixes, if you like, rather than the the attacking players dominating that midfield? I would, yeah. You know, I mean, you've just got to look at the other sides in the league, haven't you? You know, Man City and, and Liverpool. That you know, mm. I, I think the forwards are almost you know just right up the pitch all the time. You know, ready to attack. Um, so I think that. It would just give you a different way of playing. You know, everyone looks at things sometimes, you know, as, as there's only one option. But as you say, you know, if you did slightly tweak that midfield, you made it more stable, it might free up some of your attacking players to get a lot more further forward and on the, on the opposition line. I mean, uh, the one that Evertonians was absolutely... I mean, we, we'd snap your hands off for East Nelson and probably uh, Emil Smith-Rowe as well, two players that, that Everton would, would, would love, to be honest with you, on loan. Um, but you'd love Reese Nelson, yeah. I think a lot of Arsenal fans would be surprised that you're saying that. What is it about him that you you'd like that would add? Well, I, I just think that you know at the moment Everton have got uh, two different profiles um, than, than what Reese Nelson offers. He's a lot more direct. You know, I know that mm. that type of player can be frustration. We both had Theo Walcott, uh, Theo Walcott in the, the past. You know, we haven't had Adam Lennon, a bit more direct on the line, always looking to get forwards. I always call them the sea clickers, you know, because they're always playing on that line and getting through the back. But we've got a Jack Harrison, you know, I think he's a very steady Premier League player, you know, got you know a decent level of turning goals and assists, but he likes to, to cut in and, you know, he's not as direct as you, you would imagine a winger to be. And Dwight McNeil as well, uh, you know, he likes to come more central at times. Um, so I think... Uh, 
you know, a, a low cost option for Everton, like a Reese Nelson, um, you know, is, is something that I, I think the club has certainly explored um, just because they need a, a, a different profile of wide forwards, really. Reese has been linked um, with a move away. I spoke to him yesterday after the game um, and we asked him if indeed he was looking at, you know, if he was focused on Arsenal and he just simply said, yeah, you know, I asked him if actually he feels like the contract he signed in the summer has been vindicated. And he didn't go as far to say that he's like, he's like, yes, I'm so glad I signed it. He was very much like, I'm, I need to prove to the manager that I deserve more minutes. So he wasn't overly committal for that, but he certainly seemed to say that he was focused on Arsenal. But if an offer comes in, players do look at them. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, there's a lot of broader questions on this. And of course, Arsenal's wider transfer window that I think we'll talk about in tomorrow's 8am show. But which thank you so much for taking the time to, to jump on the channel. It, it means a lot. Tell people where they can find you. Good luck for the rest of the season. But County Road, uh, at, okay. at Bobblers 1878 on Twitter. County Road Bobblers. Thank you very much, Witch. Yes, uh, make sure you go and find them on Twitter. Of course, uh, I tweeted out the account on at the Goon Talk TV. So make sure you go over there if you want to get clarification on that. Um, and I'll be back, as I say, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. If you want to get more information about the Inanna situation, there is an article on the football.london website from me and Luke Thrower talking about that. You can read the interview of Reese Nelson from yesterday's game as well on the website. And as well as that, there's even news and extra information about Arsenal's trip to Dubai, in which I've reported that Urian Timber and Thomas Partey are both going to be in attendance for that trip as well as plenty of other injured players like Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko. So all the information about Dubai is on the Football.London website so you can go and read all that there. But I'll be back with you guys tomorrow morning bright and early at 8am like we do every single day. See you soon. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.